0: you <laughs> lesson 33. Hello again. In this lesson, we're going to show the basics of creating high dynamic range images, also known as HDR images, and how to bracket exposures. I'll begin by explaining what an HDR image is and what makes an HDR image so unique. The three examples you'll be seeing here are complements of HDRsoft.com. Whenever you take a photo, your camera's built-in light meter attempts to tell you what the proper exposure would be for that particular scene. Based on that information, either you or your camera's automatic exposure system set the correct combination of shutter speed and aperture to render what the meter is determined to be the correct exposure. But as you probably have already learned, there isn't always one single exposure that gives you the best overall exposure. This is where HDR imaging comes into play it enables you to create an image where everything is properly exposed within the same frame as seen in this late evening image. For example, here's a shot I took of some trees in a forest at the exposure reading recommended by my camera's meter at 5.6 at 1 sixtieth of a second at ISO 200. It looks okay, but does this exposure give me the best exposure for this scene or could it be better? Look at the foreground and how dark it is. Because it's in the shadows, I can't really make out the details of the forest floor in this area. The same is true for the undersides of the leaves of the trees. Now look in the distance and you can see how washed out the trees are. Wouldn't it be nice if they had the same rich colors as the leaves that appear to be properly exposed in this image? In reality, most of this scene appears to be either too dark or too light, even though the meter determined it to be a good exposure. Now, before I go any further, I need to clarify something what you see here is really the way the scene looked while I was photographing it. This is what you might say is the real deal. What we're going to do with HDR imaging is in essence cheat mother nature. We're going to basically correct the underexposed and overexposed areas of this scene so that each component of the overall image is what one would consider properly exposed. But keep in mind that this isn't necessarily going to represent reality. So what we're going to do is correct this image by bracketing exposures. Bracketing exposures is in essence the act of deliberately overexposing or underexposing the same scene from what the camera's meter says is the proper exposure. By doing this, areas that are too dark in the normally exposed shot will become lighter when overexposed. Conversely, areas that are light will become darker when the shot is deliberately underexposed. Bracketing exposures is carried out in incremental steps called stops, which we discussed in Lesson 10. For example, you may choose to bracket by adjusting the aperture by one f-stop over and one f-stop under the meter's recommended f-stop reading, or instead, by adjusting the shutter speed one stop either way from the camera's recommended shutter speed reading. Now imagine what a scene would look like if you combined all three exposures into one exposure where the dark areas, light areas, and properly exposed areas were all present in the final image. That's what you get when you create an HDR image, a composite image of three separate exposures. So now that we've got the basics out of the way, how do we actually create an HDR image? Well. First of all, you'll need a program that is able to combine the three bracketed exposures into a single image and maintain all the desired corrected areas of the scene. This can be done in Photoshop, but in this lesson I'm going to use a program called Photomatix. This program not only makes the process very easy, but allows you to tweak the image the way you want it, plus there's no need to use raw images. You can use JPEG images and get excellent results. The program is available for Mac or PC and can be downloaded for free at HDRsoft.com to try out, but there will be a watermark on your final image. If you choose to purchase it, the Photomatix Pro version is about 100 bucks, which I feel is money well spent. Once you have your program downloaded and installed, you'll need to go out and shoot your images. When creating an HDR image, it's best to keep the aperture constant and bracket by changing shutter speeds instead. This is because the depth of field will change each time you change the aperture, as you already know from Lesson 24. Furthermore, it's recommended to bracket by two stops either way, although this isn't absolutely necessary. I've had excellent results using this method, though. You should also use a tripod, because the image must be basically the exact same composition for each bracketed exposure. Photomatics is able to automatically line up images that are a little off but using a tripod is a much better idea. Now how do you bracket your exposures? There are a few ways to do this depending on your camera and its capabilities. On my Nikon D70, for example, you can program the camera to bracket exposures so that it's done automatically. Or, if you don't have this function, you can bracket by using your camera's exposure compensation dial. You can also bracket exposures manually. Using my D70, I'll now show you how to bracket exposures using all three of these methods. When setting up the camera to bracket automatically, you first want to be sure to set your mode dial to aperture priority since we want to keep the f-stop the same for each exposure. Then go ahead and set your f-stop. Next, I'll go to the menu and locate the bracket set function. Once I find that, I'm going to be able to set up how I want my bracketing to operate. I'll press enter and then choose what kind of bracketing I want to do. I'll choose auto exposure only since I don't plan on using flash. I'll go ahead and hit OK. Then I'm going to go up to the bracketing button and hold that down. While keeping my bracket button pressed down, I'll go over to my LCD display and here's where I adjust how many exposures I want to take automatically and how many stops for each exposure. So what I'm done here is flipping this through and I finally come up with three exposures bracketed by two stops over and two stops under. Now when it's time to shoot I simply put my camera on the tripod, press the bracket button again and hold it use the other dial to click until I get the bracket icon there then I go ahead and shoot three exposures there's one there's two and there's three notice that each exposure was by a two stop shutter speed difference either side of the shutter speed for normal exposure okay the second method is using your exposure compensation dial again you go ahead and choose aperture priority for your setting Go ahead and set your aperture at uh, say 5.6 and your camera's meter will determine what is the shutter speed for that f-stop. Now you go ahead and take a shot normal exposure, press the plus minus button, adjust this button until you get to two stops. Notice that we're in the negative range so two stops under exposure. There's two. Go ahead and take a picture and it will automatically be two stops darker now go ahead and make another exposure after you set this to plus two stops exposure go ahead and take your picture so you have now taken three exposures at normal two stops under and two stops over and finally bracketing the old-fashioned way using the manual setting set your mode dial to M observe what settings your meter is saying is proper exposure for that particular scene take your shot and now you're going to want to change your shutter speed two stops under and you have to do this mathematically okay so it's quiz time let's see how much you learned from lesson ten this is showing a shutter speed of one twenty-fifth of a second if we want to go two stops underexposed what would be the shutter speed well one stop would be what fiftieth of a second two stops hundredth of a second so there you go so you go ahead and set your camera to one hundredth of a second you take your shot now you want to do two stops overexposed so what would that be well we had one twenty-fifth of a second before we know we want to make it two stops longer exposure to make it lighter so we take fifty percent of twenty-five which is twelve. Fifty percent of that which is six So you go ahead and take your shot at one-sixth of a second and you now have your two-stop overexposure. Now we're gonna switch gears and show you what to do after you've gotten your three exposures. So here are the three different exposures I took of the trees in the forest in a folder on top of my desktop. Uh, Here I have my normal exposure. Okay, I believe this was at uh, ISO 200, F56, probably about a sixtieth of a second with a tripod. Then I have my two-stop overexposure. As you can see, it's a lot brighter there. And then my two stops underexposure. Okay. Now, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Open up Photomatix. And when you open Photomatix, you get this little window here. Um, And I'm going to click, I'm going to show you a couple different ways to make these. I'll show you the more difficult, uh, more detailed one first, and then the easier one second. Okay, what I call the easier one. Okay, so I'm going to click on Generate generate HDR Image. It's going to give me a window to browse for those three images I showed you. Alright, so I'm going to go to uh, the folder. There's the normal exposure. Hit Select. Browse again go to the plus two stop picture, hit select, and go for the third one which is the minus two stops and hit select. Okay so I've got all three pictures in here. You hit OK next thing you get is another window. Alright these settings again you can play around with these uh, you're gonna find there's a lot of ways to modify these as you go along and I can't take you know, too much time with this. You'll just have to experiment yourself. Basically default settings are pretty good. Um, I took this for tripod. I don't need to line it up, but I'll go ahead and put it there anyway. Uh, I'm not worried about that. Uh, this method does increase noise. You could reduce the noise a little bit. Uh, you may find it may take some of the crispness out. So I'm going to go ahead and take that off. This is uh this function here is attempt to reduce ghosting artifacts. That means if something moved uh, during the picture, a person or something will try to correct that. Again, if you feel that your pictures have none of these problems, why put all this stuff, you know, why select it? Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and take that off. depends on your picture. I was out in the forest. There wasn't anything going on. There was nothing flying around. No people, so I don't really need that. They do suggest you to use this, though, Take tone Curve of Color Profile. All right? I'm going to go ahead and hit Generate HDR. It's going to process these. And it doesn't take long to do this. Okay. Now you look at this picture and you're saying, "Wow, this is not very good." Well, they tell you right here, um, it "is not processed yet." Okay. They can't be uh, directly displayed until you have uh, in, the unpro- in the unprocessed state. So you need to process it by doing what's called tone mapping. All right, and that's when you start seeing your results of the three images as a composite. Okay, go ahead and click this. All right, now I'll move this window over a little bit. We have a picture; it looks a lot better. Okay, so it has sort of taken my default settings and created my HDR image here, and it doesn't look too bad the way it is. Okay, notice now the forest floor; you can see all the detail in there. Uh, those dark leaves all look nice. Okay, they're not real dark, no contrast. You can see what's going on. Out here, the washed out trees, all gone. So, your three images, those three exposures, have all been sort of evened out, each component into one nice little composite. And as you can see, it almost looks surreal, like the other images we saw. Okay, anyway, over here are your tone mapping settings. You have two choices here if you're going to do tone mapping. We have the details enhancer method or this Tone Compressor method. The Details Enhancer um, is less photographic-like. Okay, you can get some pretty strange effects with it, and you can play around with that yourself. Okay, I personally like the Tone Compressor because it's more photo-realistic. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and click on that. Now, when I did that, it has gone to what settings I had before, I believe, um, or the default, I'm not sure. At any rate, I'm looking at this, and this looks pretty good, too, doesn't it? Alrighty. Um, it's a little darker here, so again, you can play around here with your brightness, the overall brightness. This makes it darker. Okay. This makes it brighter. That doesn't look too bad. Your tonal range compression. Alright. This is how it puts the picture together, I believe. Alright. Uh, contrast adaptation. Again, this will decrease or increase your contrast. Okay. Play around with that. Do you like it? See, I'm getting some of the darkness back in the leaves. You kind of retrieve the things that maybe got a little overdone. Okay, your color temperature. Oh, sorry, black point and white point. White point is like where do you want the white to begin and end? Okay, if you increase this, your white point goes up. In other words, it's like a brightness sort of, uh, sort of a threshold. But I want to lower that. I don't want to lose all this detail back here alright get this where I can see these trees pretty good and then black point same thing only the opposite alright how black do you want your blacks to be alright personally I like it low like this again it's going to depend on your picture your own personal taste you are creating this image yourself then we have color temperature if you're not sure what that is that is coolness or warmness of an image in other words if you cool something it becomes uh, towards the blue range if you warm something it goes towards the yellow Alright, so we have green here. Alright, so if I add this up, it gets a little yellower. So I'm increasing the color temperature. If I decrease it, it starts getting a little bluer. The greens become more, basically, bluer, not less green. Alright, so get somewhere where you like it. Isn't it amazing how much control you have over this image? It's great. And then your saturation. This is how saturated you want the color. How th- saturated. Do you want them thin or dense? Lower it. Alright, it becomes almost monochromatic. As a matter of fact, you can get grayscale if you go all the way down here. You may like that black and white picture. Or get up here where you want it really saturated greens. Okay, get it where you like it. Okay, then you uh, you can reset this. You can undo everything you did by hitting this. You can redo it. Okay, I can undo. I can redo. All very nice before I forget up here I could do this this is a fourth of the original I could go to a half it'll go off our little screen here alright if you want to really see this up big as you're doing these uh, adjustments you can even go see what the original look at the difference between the original and the enhanced alright so let's just assume we like this it's great you hit process you haven't really created this yet this is all preview Once you've hit process, it will process it. You will see the image exactly as the way you just uh, attempted to render it. Didn't take long. Looks great. Go ahead and go to file. Actually, I see a few little differences, but that's all right. Close enough for rock and roll, as I say. If I wasn't happy with this, I would just start back to the tone mapping. Either go from uh, the beginning or just tweak it here. Go to file, save as go ahead and give it a name like uh, first HDR with trees something like that go ahead and throw it on the desktop somewhere now here keep this as a highly compressed JPEG which is what it was when I brought it in you can even go to a TIFF 16-bit or 8-bit alright if you're not familiar with TIFF, TIFF is an uncompressed image we started with already compressed images Okay, so we'll be compressing them some more. We will lose some quality uh, making more of a JPEG, making a JPEG again. So this is up to you. Depends on what you're going to do. How perfect do you want it to be? Are you going to print it? How much detail are you willing to lose? These are decisions you can make yourself. Okay? For now, I'm just going JPEG. (laughs) Okay? As you can see, uh, that's how you do that okay now I'll go ahead and show you the other method okay close this out I'm done with it the other method you can use um, and they say that it will produce less noise it is simpler with less adjustments and it does a pretty darn good job it's called exposure exposure fusion alright so I'm gonna click on that again I'm gonna get the window to brown to browse the pictures we'll get the same three pictures go ahead and go back to my uh, pics for the HDR, I believe I called this. Hopefully. There you go. There's my normal exposure. Browse and get my over two stops. And then get my under two stops. Again, I don't really need to align these. You can click this. Again, if it was handheld, you would want to click this. Alright. If you had a tripod, you're not going to have to worry about this. Everything should be very well aligned, unless something blew in the breeze or something. So it's up to you. I'll go ahead and put it on. What the heck? Um, this is probably the best to use. Again, experiment. The proof's in the pudding, as they say. All right. Look at the uh, results after you do this stuff. You don't like it. Go back and do it. That's the beauty of computers. Okay, so hit OK. Is now going to give me, basically, a completed picture. Unlike the other one, Remember? The preview wasn't very uh, accurate. We had to do the tone mapping and so forth before we got our results. This gives it to you right off the bat. Up here you have some choices. This is what's called an average scene where you don't have any fine adjustments. Maybe you like that better. Click em. There's Highlight and Shadows Auto. There's where you can adjust everything. Here's where you can adjust... Um, The bright one, the over two stops, and the other image, play around with those and tweak them and combine it or here if you want to work on your shadows and color saturation. Lots of ways to adjust these. This looks kind of cool. So what I would do and what I do do when I do this is play around, experiment, save each version you get. Then when you get them all done, so you have four or five different versions, different settings, and then go ahead and compare them side by side and then choose the one that you like the best. All right. I'm going to go here. This is the easiest one for now. This looks great, to tell you the truth. But again, I could fine uh, tune a little bit, shadows, maybe I want a little bit more sh- or less shadows going on here. See so how that opens it up down there. Okay. And what's it doing the rest of the picture? Not much. That's kind of cool. Again, color saturation. right keep the greens or not white clip black clip mid-tones okay you've got all of these adjustments Um, not as sophisticated as the tone mapping but good enough I actually like this better it was quicker it was easier I'm happy what the heck go ahead and save the dude file wait gotta go ahead and render it go ahead of myself go ahead and process it again that was a preview They aren't really done until they've been processed. They're not ready to save and as you can see it will let you know. There is my final picture using the exposure fusion method. Notice here before I close out of all this, you've got some other things to play around with. You could do a batch process, several pictures at once, uh, single files. This is really nice too in case you forget my podcast or if you want to see it. Uh, their tutorial. Just click on it. It will take you right to it. All kinds of stuff up here too. Utilities help. The program is awesome. Okay, I'm very happy with it. Yes, there are ways to do HDRs in Photoshop. Be my guest if you want to look it up and try that. I personally like this method. It's uh, easier. I think it's a little more sophisticated and saves time. Very happy with the results. So that's how you make a high dynamic range image using Photomatix. Before I go, I just want to let you know that there's a brand new upgrade for the Photography 101 app that allows you to use it with the new iPhone 4, as well as the new OS 4 upgrade. This upgrade is, of course, free of charge. Well, that's about it for now. I hope you've learned something new in this lesson. Until next time, goodbye.